Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. Today's guest is Vern Yip. I can't begin to tell you how much I respect this man, and I feel lucky that I get to call him a friend. We are talking about life, family, business, and how to switch gears when all roads are leading you one direction. Welcome to the podcast, Vern. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're doing this. I am too. I think it's people are going to see a different side of us. And especially as designers, all we ever get asked is what design trends are happening? What are your favorite paint colors? (laughs) It's like, we're people too. (laughs) I know. I know. It's like amazing to me how many people just like walk down the street and just happen to have like 17 pictures of their I know. living room. And they <laughs> like, want a full really? des- they want a full design too, down to the the pillow <laughs> selection. <laughs> well, I don't think a lot of people know how close we are. I mean, I was flipping through your book last night and I can't even believe and I think I've thanked you a million times that you thanked me in your book. Of course, and guess what? I thanked you again in my <sighs> new book. I'm so I adore you. I'm so um I'm so grateful. I mean, life is Life is hard. I mean, it's great, but it's hard and it's it's really only doable when you have a support system in your life, when you have great people around you, your family, your friends who kind of are part of your team. You know, it's the only but way. But you've always doable. had my back through thick and thin. I think we've, you know, I, I've called you many times with what do I do, Vern? I need your advice. And you've always been there for me. So I thank you for that. And I think people would think we're s- kind of polar opposites, but we have a lot in common. Our work ethic's the same. Yeah. Oh, I, I think a hundred percent. And I, I don't know how much of that is due to the fact that both of us have parents who are immigrants and you know, I mean, I certainly saw, I certainly saw my parents struggling a lot. You know, I don't know how many people know the story, but my dad came over to this country and went from being a biochemist to being a busboy at a Marriott. And my mother went from being a child psychiatrist to washing floors at a bank. Um, but they were so willing to make that sacrifice because they knew that this great country that we live in gives people the opportunity to make anything out of your life if you work hard and they wanted that opportunity for me. So, you know, I, I definitely grew up at times really not having money, not having anything. I remember not having heat during the middle of winter and it just sort of instills in you that you need to work hard in life. You need to put your nose to the grindstone if you want to like actually have a a life. On my first episode of the podcast, I spoke about my beginnings and I did also weirdly speak about how in high school I had to sleep on a bathroom floor because we had no heat. So we've lived sort of similar. We've had similar paths, although we are in completely different spaces now, but we both care about family so much and friendship. So I love you so much. A hundred percent. So I guess the the key to all of this is if you want your child to become a successful designer, deprive <laughs> them of heat. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, that's a joke. Please don't do that. Let's go back to your childhood. Your parents really wanted you to become a doctor. Yes, I mean it's a it's a very sort of deep seated cultural thing. You know, every culture has their thing, uh, and in 
in Asian culture, there's huge respect for physicians, for medical professionals. And not that they don't respect other professions, but, um, but you know, your parents really want you to, to have a job that they feel is going to be secure, that you're going to be able to have for the rest of your life. You're going to be able to take a care of a family on. And for the Asian culture, for a long time, that was really physician because people will always need medical help. They'll always get sick. So when my parents made all those sacrifices to come to this country, I didn't want to disappoint them. I, I wanted to honor them. I was never a rebellious kid because I just saw how difficult it was for them to make these sacrifices. So I always respected them and I always tried to do what they wanted me to do. And that was to become a doctor. So I was at the University of Virginia. I was a pre-med student. I uh, was, you know, studying uh, chemistry. Uh, I was also an economics major. And um, I was so unhappy. Um, I was so unhappy uh, because I knew deep down inside that this was not what I really wanted. Uh, but I also didn't want to disappoint them. And it really took getting into medical school, um, spending every spring, summer, winter break working in the transmitted and transfused viruses laboratory at the National Institutes of Health. I was working on asymptomatic HIV and hepatitis C and just hating it. I mean, it took all of that for me to like work up enough courage to say to my my folks, I can't do it. I, I have to do what I would need, what I want to do in life. There are many people in their life, whether it be starting medical school or already maybe in their career, they could be a lawyer of 10 years who want to make that shift. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure you get a lot of those emails saying, I've, I've always wanted to be a designer. I just got into X, Y, and Z career, and now I have a family. So what about those people that want to make this shift no matter where they are in life? What advice would you give to them to make that leap to start over? Well, you know, it's, I mean, the one, I don't know about you, it irritates me when people like just throw out these like big pieces of advice and then they don't really like explain like how that's supposed to happen. Like, like when people just say, go for it, go for your dream. You're just like, or believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, well, how? How does that happen? I have bills. I have yeah, bills. Food to put on the table. There's a roof to keep over my head. I, I absolutely, first off, I have met a lot of people across the country who have come up to me and said, oh, I used to be in finance. I used to be in law. I used to be a police officer and now I'm a designer. Um, I, I do think that to me, that's always so inspiring because, you know, I do think the big overall statement is you get one shot at this and you don't want to like go out thinking that you didn't pursue your dreams, that you didn't go for it. And I also think if you have kids, it's such a great example for for them to see you living your fullest life, you doing what you love, you being passionate about life. And being passionate about life includes being passionate about what you do for work. But the reality is we all have responsibilities. I mean, uh, even if you don't have kids, <laughs> even if you don't have right. a house, everybody has a ton of responsibilities. And I think, I think part of, of getting to your dream is giving yourself some slack in the financial arena. Um, I did this before I went out on my own. There was a very sort of difficult period of time where, you know, I was still working at a firm and working crazy firm hours, but on the side doing like private client jobs and, just trying to like make that transition, just trying to build that foundation so that, you know, I could get to the point where I could then leave 
the security of a job that was giving me a paycheck every couple of weeks to mm-hmm. like having to make my own paycheck. It's a scary leap. Um, but it is a scary leap for a lot of people, but if you do it in baby steps, I think that's part, it wouldn't be I so think scary. that's part of it. I think that is a huge part of it is to, you know, dip your toe into the water and start dipping, then dip the second toe, the third toe, eventually your whole foot is in, then, you know, your leg. I mean, eventually you're in it, but it's not, flipping the switch and just just making the mental shift and saying okay i'm gonna now be a designer it it is making the mental shift but then you actually have to physically start taking action to get there right now once you take i mean anyone would say that your career has been just non-stop i obviously have been friends with you but even as before i even knew you as my friend i was a huge fan of yours You've been super successful. You have multiple lines. You've got your book, Design Wise, another book coming out in August, right? August of 2019. August 27th. Yes, Vacation at Home. To be exact, August 27th. You can pre-order now. And it's just, it's been one success after another. But you and I both know as a freelancer, as a creative, there's an ebb and flow of our business. How do you keep yourself motivated? How do you keep yourself positive? Some of those times that you think there's nothing going on, even though you, you and I both know there's always something going on in your life. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how that ever stops. I mean, I think for me, at least I am a worry ward. I don't know that people know that about me, but I worry constantly about that portion of it because there are mouths to feed. When you bring kids into the picture, it's different, as you know. Um, there's a, another, Oh, Vern, my manager knows if I'm stressed, I start, <laughs> I go to my bank accounts and I'll actually divide how many months I've got left <laughs> in case, <laughs> in case no one ever calls me again. So he'll say, I know you're stressed. How many times have you logged into your bank account to check? And I said, only once <laughs> I can, I can I go that. X, Y, and Z number of months left to live. Yeah. It's. It's tough. It really is. But boy, you know, at the end of the day, I have to think to myself, I have to, you know, remember that history has shown um, that everything will be okay, um, that there's a cycle. And I think, I think if you can always proceed knowing that you've turned in your best work, knowing that you've put your best foot forward, knowing that you've tried your hardest, then it becomes easier to give yourself a little bit of breathing room and just sort of say, okay, well, I've done everything I can do. I think it's, I think if you have ever been in a position where you've just kind of like maybe not done it at a hundred percent, that's where it becomes super stressful. So for me, part of that perfectionist nature that everybody sees is not just because um, I like things perfect, um, but I, I do. It's not just because of that. It's because it's sort of almost self-soothing. It's it's to remind myself that I did everything I could. I gave it my all. And if it doesn't happen, there's nothing else I could have done. So that's what know? I was about to ask you. So in a case where you've given it your all, but you maybe don't get an opportunity, are you then, is it much easier for you to then let it go? It is now. I have to say it hasn't always been. Um there was a huge portion of my life where um, I felt an incredible amount of insecurity. And, um, and the thing is, I don't feel like most people can get over that insecurity until you have some age under your belt. I mean, it is, 
it is tough getting old, man. Let me tell you, everything starts falling apart. But the good the good thing is that you can you have a little more confidence. Um, I agree. I don't and, think I would redo my twenties. Oh gosh, no! No way! No I was way. so insecure. <laughs> I mean, no, you couldn't pay me enough. My thirties, I got better, but now that I'm in my forties, I you're right. With although my bones are aching, I feel mentally more secure than ever before. Yeah, I mean it. It is definitely true. I mean, the the things that people, older people tell you when you're younger, they're so difficult to actually um, take in and to appreciate. And I don't think that there is a way to appreciate it. You know, I mean, you just have to have perspective in order to get to that point of being able to understand that there are just certain things in life that you can't control. You, The only thing you can control is the amount of effort that you put into something. You can only control what you can control, and then everything else is up to somebody else. But when you say that, how much do you give, how much effort you give, I, if anybody follows you on social, you're constantly traveling, sometimes for work, a lot of times with your family. I, I know people ask you all the time, how do you balance family and work and being a spouse, but you do it so effortlessly because every time I see you, you've got a cute button shirt, you know, button down on the cutest belt, your jeans rolled up perfectly in these loafers to die for. Everything is perfect. You're in uh, some beach. The kids are gorgeous. Craig is adorable. How do you just live a picture perfect life? Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, you know that I put a filter on everything, Vern. <laughs> First off, we all have to like, we all have to get real for a moment and just say what you see on social media is not the full picture. Everybody. But Vern, no, I'm going to stop you right there and I'll tell you why. Because okay. I've been to your house. I've been <laughs> to your home and I've seen it with my eyes. I, I actually stepped foot into your home and you even said to me, I remember I was walking into the kids' playroom and you said, oh, it's a mess. And I walked in. It was heavenly. If you thought that was a mess. I, that's why I was, I was no joke. When you came over to my house that day with Craig before we went to that rap party, I was almost embarrassed for you to walk in because I at that your point, house Olivia- was gorgeous. Are you kidding it, me? There were toys everywhere. I mean, Whatever. I just, there was no way it could have been Vern style. Toys I everywhere. You mean that one toy that was- Beautifully no, displayed. No, and I had plastic. <laughs> no, I had plastic toys, which I know is a no-no in your house. Everything is wood and textiled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had you so full. <laughs> I called. I did, at the time. I think I called Steve. Like, put all of the plastic toys away. <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> so no, funny. but seriously, how do you live such a beautiful, curated life? Well, first off. I do mean when I when I when I just said, you know, what we put on social media is oftentimes meant for inspiration. You know, it's meant to put a smile on somebody's face or inspire them to try something or do something. But the reality is that your life, nobody's life, no matter how great you are, who you are, how much you have your life pulled together. And I'm certainly not even in the top fifty percent of that category, but nobody's life is really like that all the time. And you wouldn't want it to be, quite frankly. So, I mean, for example, um, my husband and I, Craig, uh, we each plan a vacation for each other, for each other's birthday once a year. 
and it's uh, our two weeks a year, you know, one week each. It's our two weeks each year where the grandparents come, they watch the kids. It's adults only. It's just the two of us. And it's our time to like have dinner, uh, finish a sentence without getting interrupted by somebody needing milk, uh, reconnect and, you know, just have adult time and adult conversation and, and just relax. But, you know, he put in all this effort recently to take me on my birthday vacation. We had to go early because I'm busy during my birthday, but he planned this an incredible trip to Mexico. And if people looked on my Instagram, what they would see is me enjoying my vacation. But the reality was that I had so many deadlines that unfortunately I could not avoid. And I've never done this before on a vacation that he's planned because it's a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time and it's a lot of expense. And I just was backed into a corner. I just could not avoid having to handle these deadlines on vacation. But do you not have a staff that you could delegate to? No, because as you know... Because you're a control freak. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of it, yes. But the other part of it, too, is that it had already filtered down to that point for some of these deadlines where people had said, you know, well, I've tried this, I've tried this, I really need you to handle this at this point. And when it gets to that point, there's just nothing... There's nothing else to do. I mean, yes, I still had an incredible vacation, but I felt really guilty because that was a great example of me not really juggling it all. I was, you know, in this incredible place looking at the most beautiful uh, view of the Pacific Ocean with my laptop, you know, working on a deadline that I could not avoid. Um, So it doesn't always happen that, you know, I juggle it all. I try. but for me, it's about reminding myself to keep to keep the priorities in place and to you know limit the amount of time that those kinds of things happen because I'm not going to leave this world regretting that I you know didn't meet more deadlines that I didn't do more work. I will only regret not having more time with my children and not having more time with my husband um, because truly that is how I feel. I turned 50 uh, on June 27th of last year, and it was more significant than I ever thought it would be because I'm not someone who's hung up on numbers. I'm not someone who's hung up on age. Uh, I just sort of feel, feel like 50 is another number, but it was more significant than I could have imagined. It, it made me pause and it made me say to myself, I really feel like I am the luckiest person living on the planet. I feel like I am luckier than anybody that anybody could possibly know. And that, that feeling is because I love my husband so much. I love our children so much. And I feel incredibly just grateful to be able to do what I do for a living to actually like keep a roof over our head and like put food on the table, doing something that I love. It's, there's really not much more else to tick off. You know what I mean? Right. Do you ever have, people ask me this all the time, and I don't know if anyone's ever asked you, do you ever have dad guilt? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I didn't tell you this. Um, <clears throat> while I was shooting, while you were out, which I know um, you also shot, did you shoot before me or after me? I was the first episode. You were the first episode. Great. Yeah. Of course, they they send you in to break everybody in for us, which is perfect. That's the way I like <laughs> You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, while I was shooting, while you were out, um, it 
became knowledge to me that Vera had broken down at lunch during school and had cried um, because she was being bullied um, incessantly. And she's so stoic and she like keeps a stiff upper lip about so much in life um, that she, you know, finally had this moment and apparently she came home and she told Craig that it was the worst day that she had ever had at school. And I, I lost it on set because I was like, I'm the worst dad. Where was I? Where was I when she came home and needed me to hug her and take her into my arms and say, it's going to be okay. I was shooting a television show. I mean, it's a prime example of not juggling at all, but you know, I mean, all you can do again, goes back to what we were saying before. I feel like all you can do is really try. I mean, you have to like say, I'm trying my absolute best. I am doing the best that I can. Does it always work? Unfortunately, no, but I'm still, I can still like say to myself in the day, I did the best I could. And if, I feel like it wasn't worth it. Whatever trade-off I had to make, then shame on me if I don't change it up the next go around. You know, I mean, right. I try and learn from my mistakes and to not repeat them. I adore you so much. Oh my gosh. Likewise. But don't you, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've had moments of mom guilt. Uh, <laughs> daily. No, I'm not even joking. Daily. Last night, for instance, she was sick. All you know, she has like um, allergies. Not so she's not sick, but at some point, I just put her back in her bed, and she just was crying. And I'm like, I should sleep in her bed, which is crazy. She's got a toddler bed. Like uh, it's it's just never ending, and it doesn't even make sense that my mom killed. But I'm starting to just you know let go a little bit because you know now that I'm a single mom, I just don't have a choice. I cannot be everywhere. Yeah, you know, for I was. I have to tell you, I was raised by a single mom, and you know, there are pluses and minuses to every situation. But when I look at my mom, and I really feel like I picture her with like a cape flowing behind her and a big like capital M on her chest. To me, she was just a superhero because that is tough. I mean, it's tough when there's two parents involved, but for there to be one. It is just being a parent is tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then having to have all that weight on your shoulders by yourself, that's amazingly difficult. I don't know how you do it. I don't. Lots, lots of deep breaths. (laughs) (laughs) I've never meditated more in my entire life. (laughs) Namaste, Vern. I need to take that off. You have to. I'm telling you, it's changed my mental health. I swear. I'm, it is something that I recommend to everyone, even if you just do it five minutes a day. Yeah. Do you, and, and any type of meditation. Do you start your day with it to sort of get you on I, the right track? No, I don't. I should, but I don't because Olivia wakes up at five forty-five, so that's how I wake up in the morning. So there's, and I can't just let her sit downstairs while I'm meditating upstairs on my pillow. <laughs> so no, I don't. But as soon as my work day starts and my nanny gets here, I'll take five minutes in the morning if I have a crazy busy day to do it. And it really makes all the difference. Yeah, no, I can see that. I, I admire you for taking the time to do that. And I think you're really, you're really good about taking care of your physical health and your mental health. Because I, I mean, if you don't do those things, then juggling everything is not even worth discussing. It's, I feel like if no. you don't have 
your physical health and your mental health kind of pull together, there's no way you can even attempt to juggle anything. And that's something that I took for granted, mental health, because I would always in my gratitude journal think, you know, the universe for my health and Olivia's health and so on and so forth. But I stopped the other day and I realized mental health is so important too. And my therapist, because I'm in therapy, even brought it up. She just said, if you keep going down this road of spreading yourself so thin, Olivia's not even going to have her mother. And I thought about that for days afterwards, and it's true. You have to take that time to take care of yourself physically, which a lot of people do, but mentally as well. Yeah. No, I- but that's another podcast, Vern. We could go on for hours about that. <laughs> um, I know you're super busy, so thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me. I, I can't wait to see you again. No, likewise. I, I love you. I adore you. We miss you. Um, and I'm so grateful that you're doing this. I think getting this information out there for everybody is awesome. Thanks, Vern. Thanks for your support. <laughs> 